Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Make My Move. Many of you are already aware that there are places around the world that want to attract remote workers to come and live there. But did you know that some of them will actually pay you to do so? Yeah, that's right. And aside from the cash incentives these towns might offer you, there are other incredible benefits ranging from free babysitting to concert tickets and even free healthcare. These places also make a terrific home base for digital nomads with super fast internet, friendly neighbors, and affordability and close proximity to major airports. In fact, the remote workers who relocate typically save around $20,000 per year by moving to these new communities. But perhaps most importantly, the locals in those communities are truly excited to welcome new movers in and get them plugged into the local network. The problem is, where do you start? But luckily, Make My Move is your one-stop shop for all things related to these towns. Since 2021, they've helped more than 1,000 remote workers and their families relocate, and through their platform, you can explore all the places that are offering incentives to come and live there, get personalized help to find the place that's right for you, connect with the locals, super important, and access support services to actually make the move a reality. Take advantage of all the benefits that come with your location independence by checking out makemymove.com via the link in the show notes. My guest today is my new friend Paolo, who joins me from Italy, a country that obviously needs no introduction and is one of those places in the world that almost everybody knows from the gastronomy, the history, the beautiful landscapes that exist from the Alps all the way down to the beaches of Sicily. There is a ton to love about Italy. But one of the things that it is sort of notoriously known for in a less positive light are the taxes. It's one of the highest tax countries in the world. And for expats who are earning an income from abroad, it has not seemed like a very attractive place to move to. But this has changed dramatically with this benefit, quote unquote, that we've defined it as during this conversation that will actually allow you to reduce your taxable income by up to 90%, making only 10% of your income actually taxable in Italy. So we dive into all of that during this discussion and really break it down. Paolo is an expert on this subject, and so he had a ton of knowledge to share. I do want to say that this is all just information for entertainment purposes, so please do your own research, talk to an expert, use this as information just to plant a seed, but you need to dive into the details with a professional before you actually apply it. So caveat out of the way. Hope you all enjoy this one. Please help me in welcoming Paolo to About Abroad. I'm actually like really enjoying doing more interviews with people in, in Europe this season. I like in previous uh, seasons, I was trying to get out into other parts of the world and the last handful have been with people in these time zones. So I'm really enjoying like we don't have to tackle those uh, those barriers these days. You there, Paolo? We connected? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. All right, cool. All right. So we're uh, we're getting started then. Paolo, welcome to About Abroad. I've been so excited for this conversation and uh, it, good to see you again. Thank you for having me. Do I have to say hello or ciao? You pick. Well, today we're talking about Italy, so I, I feel more comfortable with ciao. It uh, <laughs> feels right. <laughs> 
Okay, but let's stick with English. I hope it's on mine. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, that's not just better for, for me. I'd like to think that might be better for the audience <laughs> generally in English. Though Italian is like that language that I feel like, uh, at least for me, it's like a language that I, I have to learn on some level at some point. Like it just sounds too too pretty not to. Yeah, but it's pretty unfair because when you have to learn Italian, what I like to say is like Chinese. It takes mm. 10 times as effort compared to English, for example. So really, it's pretty Do difficult. Do you think that's true for people like uh, people who have learned other Romance languages, like like Spanish or French or something? Is it eased a bit? Well, um, people from Spain find it less difficult to learn, but simply because there is a lot of things in common. Yeah. But compared to, I would say French, and of course Chinese, American, whatever. Yes, you have to go the extra mile. All right. It it might be worth it for me. It's on my that's on my bucket list at some point. But for now, it it stops at like you know, ciao and arrivederci and uh, the the pleasantries. Um, and and uh, I can order pasta pretty good too. I've like that's my that's my vice. So uh, <laughs> then you can survive here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where are you based exactly? We are based in Verona, a small uh, city in the north lovely city. I spent just a little bit of time there, maybe four or five days once, but I, I had a, a fantastic time and I feel like it it flies a little bit under the radar compared to some of the the major cities uh, that people might think of going to. Does Do you have that perception as well or has that changed? Well, I have to confirm that. It's not just the feeling. Every single time, you know, prospects and experts from all the place ask me some suggestions, some cities that I have in mind to recommend. I like to say, yes, Verona is a nice place to say, yeah, I heard about it, but I would prefer X, Y, and Z. So no one picks Verona. They like to take a visit just to, you know, to touch Giulietta's breast. You know how it works for the good luck. But then they leave, so I'm all alone here. <laughs> it's the uh, yeah, I mean, touching on that, it's the uh, what that that's where Romeo and Juliet was staged, correct? The or, or written. Uh, yes, or what? let's say that if you're looking for a new girlfriend or someone to take you for life, that's something that you have to try for at least once. And tell me if it works. By the way, yeah, it didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah i i really enjoy it. i will say like one thing about verona and actually i've i've seen quite a bit of italy and um and i've over the years like when i first started traveling i really loved going you know you just want to check off like the the you want to go see the Colosseum in rome and um and, and in paris you want to go see the eiffel tower and like that's that's very, very cool. And I'm not diminishing those things at all. Um, but like over time, I've what I really enjoy now is going to those like maybe second and third tier cities that are um, that do fly a little bit under the radar and they have a little bit more authenticity. Like you don't feel like you're packed in amongst a bunch of other tourists. And, um, you know, there, there might be tourist attractions to see, but it's not the same vibe where you're like, obviously just in a world of tourism and, and not, you know, living amongst the locals. And I got that feeling from Verona, like, like very much. So I felt like I was eating at the Osterias with, uh, with people who actually eat at the Osteria every day. And I really, really loved that. And don't forget the red wine. 24 yeah. seven. Oh. <laughs> it goes without saying. <laughs> is it, wait, is it Verona? That's the home to like the most Osterias, uh, per capita or something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. We are on top of the list. Yeah. Okay. Or at least we were in 2021. I, I'm not updated about that. Okay. And it's like Osteria, uh, Trattoria and Restaurante, right? Like kind of like the hierarchy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the um, that's the workflow, but it really depends if you're thirsty or if you're hungry. But I would suggest to start with we call it appetizer, but indeed we don't eat anything; we just drink. We start drinking at six, and then we start sitting at the table at eight eight thirty p.m. and that's it. Yeah, and okay. You enjoy the. I, I would say that back to what you just said. I think that in Italy in general is a very various collection of different lifestyle you can find around a lot of people pick south because it's more slow about the quality of living and the speed of, of, of the people in general verona is a nice place in the middle but if i had to cheat verona for someone else i would probably pick florence mm, yeah another pretty amazing city uh Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong. Um, and, and there is like a big distinction between the north and the south, I've, I gather. Like it, it feels, you know, obviously geographically it's different. Um, but like I, I think people from outside of Italy or maybe outside of Europe may not realize how young of a country Italy is, as Italy as we know it today. And, um, and realize that there are these like distinct differences. I mean, language, culture, obviously geography, food. Um, it, it changes quite a bit and, and it's a very long country. So like geographically, the North where you have the Alps and the South where you have Sicily and it couldn't be much different in that regard. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that might be something that people don't realize because we think we know a lot about Italy. We know about, you know, we know about Rome and we know about the Amalfi coast. And, and I think people generally think like, okay, I got a pretty good feel for what's, what's going on in Italy, but it's, it's much more diverse than that might meet the eye at first. Well, 100% agree with you. Let's say that if the North is one, the South is 10 and pictures in the movies, you see just a five, mm. an average situation, uh, the quality of living and also the healthcare system you can find in the South is not that good as you may think. So it really depends on your age, about your expectations, how long you're planning to stay here. There are a lot of things that you have to play with when you consider Italy. Yeah, it's good to, good to know. Well, that, that kind of brings me to the, the reason that we're having this discussion today, um, because I, I learned about a rule that, or a rule, I don't know if that's the right word. I'm going to let you describe it all. But I learned about some, some tax advantages for a lot, of, that a, a lot of the people that listen to this type of show would be interested in. And I was kind of shocked that I didn't know about this. Like I just came across it um, through through Kathy's Wanderer's Wealth tax course, which I always recommend to people. Um, so I'm very thankful for, for her to uh, for bringing us together. Um, and so I'm going to I'm going to let you describe it a little bit more. But I would I would love to start with, you know, just for some context for people as we're jumping into this. This is a rule that seems pretty tax advantageous for people who, you know, like me, like a lot of you, you make an income from somewhere else and you're looking to move to another country. Italy sounds pretty spectacular. And oh yeah, by the way, there's some pretty awesome tax advantages that make it even more attractive perhaps. The truth is though, is that I only know the very basics. Like I literally reached out to Paolo and was like, hey, I'm interested in learning more about this. We could have this conversation in private or we could have this in front of my audience who might have the same question. So I'm asking from the same, I'm coming from the same place that you all are. And, um, and, and so we'll start from the very bottom. Um, Paolo, you know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Before we dive into the details, could you kind of tell me uh, sort of an overview of what we're about to get into? Okay, let's say that I would like to put some romance on the table, if you don't mind. 
Please. Italy wants to attract new people. And of course, it's like dating. When you have the first date with someone, you want to give her, because I'm a man, okay, I'm talking from a man point of view, you want to give her a reason to stay. And a reason to stay is some benefits, some trade-off. And I think taxes is a very common topic that attracts a lot of people and basically makes you stay if you have some advantages, some real advantages. So in a nutshell, they say, okay, if you're committed to stay here in Italy, and by the way, we'll deep dive about what stay means, okay? Because it's all about tax residency. I'm going to give you something, not something for free. Let's say a discount on taxes that you should have paid if you move to Italy. And this benefit lasts for, let's say, five years with the opportunity to get the extension to 10 years from your environment. And it's not, bad. it's not a bad thing. I have to say, personally, I find it very unfair because it's just for brand new people coming here, not for locals. But, you know, life is unfair. Don't hit the player, hit the game. That's what they say, right? <laughs> They're gonna, you're going to be pulled over to go live in Portugal and all the Portuguese are going to move over to Italy and just, you know, trade places. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. I would love yeah. that. Taking notes about this this project. Uh, absolutely. Um, and and so, who, generally speaking, who are we who are we talking to here? Like, what would be the type of person who would be potentially be interested in this? Anyone receiving some employment income, anyone trying to find a new job opportunity here in Italy, as you know, as an employer for an Italian entity or a foreign branch, whatever. Or still, if you are an independent contractor, if you want to start a business. So I would say as much as you have, as long as you have some personal source of income, not passive income, okay, not such rental income or dividends, this benefit could be a good fit for you. Okay. So you want to actually be working, um, not not like, for example, a retiree uh, with a pension. Uh, yeah. If you're retired, there is another benefit. It's called 7%, but I don't want to spoil anything yet. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get there. I think that passive versus non-passive thing is important to clearly define though, because I think a lot of people, a lot of countries actually have the opposite where it's, they want, they're looking for people with passive income um, and you have to prove that it's passive. So we're distinguishing here that that's not exactly what Italy's looking for. Yeah, that's a very good good point. And by the way, passive income, it's probably the most unfair tax topic that we can deal with because here we have a flat rate, 26%, period. Wait, so so, so, so explain that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, just to, to get off topic, just a few seconds. Here in Italy, you know, I don't want to deep dive about international tax agreements, but here we have a flat rate of 26% on passive income in general. That's a lot of money mm-hmm. compared to other countries. So this is why I suggest or I recommend people moving to Italy with impressive capital gains or impressive portfolios to take a look around mm. good before to know. moving. Oh, good. Okay. That that is that is very helpful. Good distinguishing point. So a lot of people I think might fall into this category where they are a freelancer. They run their own, you know, they're a a marketing specialist, they have their own little agency, um, or they do work for agencies, or they're a, um, perhaps a, a full-time employee, but for a company that's fully remote now or allows them to, to lo- choose where they want to live and relocate. Um, so for those people, uh, you know, digital nomad types, for, for example, those types of people would be potentially interested in something like this, correct? 100%. But we just few things to add on the check-in list before you move to Italy. Because remember, 
There is a place that you're going to and there is a place that you're living. Mm. Good point. So what happens, <laughs> for example, if you're working as an employer, okay, as an employee, sorry, and your employer holds some taxes on your pay slip, what happens if you still have, give me this option, this opportunity to have some strings attached with another country? You don't have to just play with one country, only you have to play with two countries at the same tax table. So you have to be wise before moving because you forget about the past. You you get enthusiastic about the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially like, you know, people like myself, like I'm originally from the US. And so, yay, America, I get to deal with the IRS no matter where I live. <laughs> um, and, and as a bonus, you get to work with the two versions of the IRS every year when you live in a foreign country uh, by, by working with your new tax residency as well. So uh, American friends, be prepared for that. And it's, uh, it's, it's not as terrible as it seems. I think the, the surface level makes it seem a lot worse than it is, but it is a thing to, to consider. Yeah, always. When you plan something, you have to go into details because we're talking about your future. Yeah. So what happens if something goes wrong? Of course, there is always a way back, but it could be painful. So <laughs> planning, that's the best thing that you can do. Plan that's and enjoy the future. This is why we're having this conversation. So you can plan ahead. Uh, not everyone d does and not not everyone has. I know that for, for sure. Um, talk to people all the time who have you know dipped their toe in this water and chased some advantageous sounding deal and then uh, not prepared like the classic one is an American that moves to another country and thinks oh I don't have to pay taxes here like in a tax haven and then they don't save any tax money for three or four years and the IRS comes after them and says hey you were supposed to be paying taxes this whole time what I wasn't living there doesn't matter <laughs> uh, so this is just one version of that story and it can go a lot of different ways yeah, every country has its own regulations. And this is why learning is the first step, of course, from my point of view, because I'm talking about as, as a father, as a husband, I like to plan. I like to, first of all, understand what happens when. Yeah. This yeah. is all I like to think for my clients for, and even for myself. One of the things that I loved that you told me early on in our conversation was that, you know, for me, these these conversations are all about knowledge sharing um, like you, you know, it's not even about getting new clients or, or revenue or anything like that. It's like, let's just get all this information out there because it's so ambiguous. I mean, we're not, most of us are not tax professionals, nor visa professionals, bureaucratic professionals. Um, and so it really is nice when someone will break it down for the, for the lay people and, uh, <laughs> and, and share with us how, how it looks behind the, behind the curtains. So, um, let's dive in a little deeper. Uh, so what I, the headline that I read that caught my eyes, and then I want you to break this down, debunk it for me, or, or tell me that it's just correct and we'll just move on. But what I read was if you, if we, you fall into this category of people that we've, we've already identified as sort of the target market for this, um, and you move to Italy and, and you have the ability to do so, um, which I think is a good distinguishing thing here. We're not talking about a visa, um, that allows you the opportunity to come move here. We're talking about if you have the opportunity, then this is a tax advantageous opportunity that you may be able to take advantage of. Um, but if that's the case, then you could potentially reduce your taxable income by 70 to 90%. Is that correct? I would say almost. Okay, cool. I'm because glad. the devil <laughs> is in the details. Uh, it really depends on the kind of, you know, personal income that we are talking about. Let's consider a couple of case studies. 
if you can if i'm getting too complicated feel free to let me know okay <laughs> i hear it a lot of times so i don't get offended anymore the case study number one is you work as a contractor as a freelancer you don't have to pay any withholding tax you don't have to file your taxes anymore in your home country in this case the benefit is real if you make one hundred thousand, you pay taxes just on the ten thousand or thirty thousand. So basically, you get a real discount on the tax basis. Conversely, if you're working as, let's say, as an employee for a foreign company or for an Italian branch of a foreign company, very often, more likely, they apply the so-called withholding taxes. And a lot of employees know what I'm talking about. You receive the net, clearly not the gross. So what happens is they already applied some taxes on the gross. And here in Italy, you should pay Italian taxes on the same gross with the deduction. So best case, you will not pay a dime as difference. But still, there are some taxes to be paid in the other country, the country of origin. And this is a, a huge distinction. Plus, I know a lot of people will hate me about this. I don't mind. I have to be 100% front with you. We have to play with the so-hated pension contributions or social security. A lot of people forget about it. If you are an employee, more likely you already have a pension account abroad or your employer is making the payment on your behalf. Here in Italy, you have to start from scratch. Is it an okay, is it okay time to ask a question on that? Of course, okay. be my guest. All right, great. Um, is it correct to say like the pension thing is a is an interesting thing in the US we we would call it like our social security which comes to like about 14% of our income is paid to social security um, sometimes that's split between the employer and the employee if you're a full-time like what we would call a w2 employee but if you're a contractor freelancer self-employed um, then you pay the whole roughly 14% um, to to pay into your pension um, how does that work like using kind of some of those same generalities like how does that work if i'm one of those people in italy are you sure you want to know the answer I do, i'm not sure honestly like, <laughs> i don't want to ruin this whole thing but <laughs> but okay. uh, it sounds like la dolce vita until we get into the details right <laughs> okay let's use the the same case studies as you just named the w2 and the 1099 as a contractor Okay, stick with the U.S. If you get a W-2, more likely you already had some social security payments made in the other country. So you don't have to contribute here in Italy. That's a very huge benefit for those considering this option. On the other side, if you get a 1099, you have to pay pension contributions or social security on your behalf by yourself. Very often, I'm using the words, it depends a lot during this conversation because we go into details, but it may happen for you to get the benefit of getting, let's say, an exemption to the INPS contributions here in Italy. INPS is the name of the contributions entity that you have to pay your contributions to for your pension and retirement. So worst case, you have to pay 28% of your gross. God, you better case, have a sweet retirement for 28%. <laughs> I told you. Average case, you will pay the 28% on the reduced tax basis. Remember the 10% on the 30%, applying the tax benefit that we were talking about a few moments ago. Best case ever, you get the exemption. The exemption for the pension contributions here in Italy, you just pay your contributions or social security in home country. Got it. Okay. So that the idea there is that you ultimately you shouldn't have to pay pen to, into two pensions. 
into two pension systems. I, in a realistically, it, it would be, it would not be wrong to expect that that would be the outcome. It won't always be, it could be, but. Well, yes, it <laughs> yes, it, it depends because what happens, if, I, I like to think like this, okay, what happens if I start paying my contributions to Italy because it's more advantageous or because I like to contribute or because I find it more ethical, okay, I don't mind the reason why, but what happens if you stop working from here after five years and you go back to your home country or you change location? What happens to those five years of contributions? More likely, you will lose the whole amount. Mm. So you have to look ahead and plan your future 20 to 50 years from now. I know it's pretty weird because yeah. a lot of people don't know what's coming next, but you have to play with numbers a little bit. Yeah, it's a really interesting point, right? Like I, I don't think, you know, a lot of people glamorize the uh, the lifestyle of people who are living abroad and nomading around and stuff, but there there's a lot of brain power used on things like this that are just like if you're living in your home country you just you know you know by the time you're 25 you probably know how to set up a bank account um pay your taxes get a home loan buy a car get insurance um you certainly don't have to deal with visas and and double taxation treaties and things like this um, and retirement is another one of those things. Like when you start thinking about your pension and which country you're paying into, and is it advantageous for me to like, am I committing to Italy for the next 30 years <laughs> or, or am I just going to be here for five? But, oh yeah, by the way, I got to pay into this, this pension fund, which means I'm not paying into the other one. Like you, you end up having to think through all these things and, and there's no black and white, you know, black or white cl clear answer here. It's, uh, it's uh, there's a lot of nuance involved, and but it but it takes a lot of brain power. I mean, you find yourself thinking about these things, and you're going, "This would just be easy and automatic for me if I if I just stayed home." <laughs> well, I heard uh, a client of mine give me a very good metaphor, and in basically, she was trying to to give me his point of view regarding you know Italian taxes, but let's say tax planning in general. And he said, "I was really you know." over over the top about this picture about myself moving to Italy, working from Italy. And after a few months of planning and research and getting information, I'm feeling like once I'm moving there, I will be exhausted. I will not be able to be creative anymore because, you know, it took all of my energy and effort just to prepare. Yeah. This is <laughs> the last thing that I want for, for clients, but just for expats in general. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I've, I felt a bit of this pain before as well. And, uh, it's, it's, it is a very real thing. Like I say often, like it's not for the faint of heart. Like if you want to just go travel and live somewhere for three months, or if you can stay for six or something and just enjoy being there, like that's, that's one thing when you actually like commit to making the move, there's, there's just so many things that come into play that you need to, you need to start mapping out far off into the future. And, and you often don't know. Um, so that it's, uh, it's helpful to have these discussions and just, just have as much information that you possibly can to, to make informed decisions, I, I think is the best you can do. And then I'm always a big fan of hiring people that, uh, that know the, the, the situation better than me because, uh, outsource your weaknesses. And this is certainly a weakness. <laughs> okay. Then I have a question for you. How do you know if you're hiring the good professional then in any, in any matter, how do you know that? Uh, generally if they've been on the about abroad podcast, I know that they're really good. Uh, so that's my, 
my first criteria. Um, <laughs> but I might be biased there. That's just that's just me. Um, no, I mean that's a great question. I'm a big. I mean, I'm a I'm a big like people relationships person. So when I know someone that I respect in a adjacent space who connects me to that person, for in this case, for example, like I know Kathy. Uh, is a is an awesome tax professional and helps a lot of people in situations like mine. Um, she connected me with you, and I so I instant credibility. Uh, you can do a little bit of research to see what uh, you know what reviews are out there and and things like that. But um, yeah, I don't know if you have like a, a better suggestion. I, I you you may, and that would be helpful. Well, I would say that I don't want to take full credit what I'm about to say, but this is what we stand for as a tax firm, as professionals. We want to educate people, not just because, you know, we want to get clients. You will never hear something like, okay, click on the bottom, you will find a course or click on this, you will get, you know, this benefit or this discount. We try to educate people, not just because we want to give some clarity about taxes in Italy. But because once you have, you know, a clear picture, a clear overview about a tax system, it's very easy for you to touch base with any kind of tax professional and ask him or ask her some confirmation about what you just heard. It minimizes the risk for you to getting a bad advice because you really have some knowledge behind you that helps you. It's like picking a pair of shoes. The more you try, the more comfortable you will be once you make the best decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think there's so much to be said for, in, in the cases like this, being able to speak to a human, as weird as that sounds to <laughs> say out loud, um, like actually being able to pick up the phone and just, you know, schedule a consultation and work through some of the gray areas. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, because every situation is unique. I mean, we've already, we've barely scratched the surface here and we've already found so many, it depends, right? Uh, and when you're dealing with taxes and 200 countries around the world and taxation treaties and things like this. I mean, there's, there's no other space where there's probably more room for nuance. So that's super important for me is like, I want to be able to talk to a human um, in yeah. any of these things. Conversely, uh, I would like to give you something that probably you will not find around. People like to overthink. I don't know the reason why I had this bad issue on myself in the years past, but a lot of experts assume that they have a complicated situation. Even at the first meet, okay, you just, you know, schedule the Zoom call with them and they start with, I have this very complicated situation for this reason and blah, blah, blah. So the biggest advice here is stop overthinking. Just explain things that they are and let someone else say if you have a complicated situation. We'll be right back to the show after a quick break for a note from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by my good friends over at Greenback Tax, the very best in U.S. expat tax services and the company that I've trusted to handle my tax situation since I moved abroad in 2015. Greenback is 100% focused on helping U.S. expats with their taxes and to date they filed almost 50,000 returns for nearly 15,000 happy customers like me living in more than 200 different countries around the world. After seven years working together, I can say with confidence that they make one of the most painful parts of life abroad an absolute breeze with their automated systems that store all of your information for you to make tax filing easy year after year and the friendly advisors who you actually have a working relationship with. There are no robots over at Greenback. Best of all, everyone is a CPA or enrolled agent with a specialty in US expat taxes, which means they know exactly how to help you take advantage of some incredible tax breaks because you're living abroad, not in spite of it. As of January 23rd, tax season has officially arrived, so it's time to get started. Learn more about Greenback tax today by visiting Greenback 
buybacktaxservices.com via the link in the show notes. Hey guys, if you're still around and enjoying this episode, then I think you might actually like our once a month newsletter as well. If you'd like to sign up, just open up the show notes of the episode you're currently listening to, scroll down, and look for aboutabroad.com slash newsletter. It takes about 30 seconds to sign up. It's a fantastic way to support the show. And I think you'll be pleased with the information that we provide every month as well. Thanks a lot for listening. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Okay, so let's let's come back to the, your your recent speaking of case studies, like the case studies that you went through. Um, so a few kind of like clarifying questions, and then I would actually like to use myself with some dummy numbers um, to to kind of go through, like generally speaking, what this this might look like. But one of the main questions is: there's this ten to thirty uh, percent, which is a big range um, that you that you mentioned. So tell us a little bit more about you know, what falls under 10, what falls under 30 and, and what people should know about that. Okay. We are talking about 10 and 30%. This is the net of your tax liability. Okay. Just and, to give some clarity. And, and to clarify, let's maybe even further define that for anybody that's like, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. You know, my, I had to adjust a little bit for the topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's say that you make, I'm talking about gross numbers, okay? You make 100,000. Of course, I'm wishing everyone to make 10 times as much, but let's take with round numbers. It facilitates the math. If you make 100,000, if you move to Italy, you should pay, listen carefully, 23 to 43% on the progressive basis. It's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And by the way, this is what actually we're paying. And, and on top of that, you have the pension numbers that you rolled over. You mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, correct? of course. Yeah. Of so course. you're talking combining those two, you know, potentially over you know fifty, sixty percent, uh, and in total with withholdings from your income. Exactly. You're better than me at doing the math, by the way. It's pretty surprising. <laughs> I should be the accountant here. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stealing your thunder. I, I was showing off. Uh, <laughs> no problem. Right. At least fake it, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, if you move to Italy and you're eligible for this called Regime Impatriati, that's the Italian name, or Impatriate Regime, however you want to call it, it's given to you a discount on the tax basis. And it's based on what? Based on where you're going to move. Let's say if you move into the north, it's 70% off. So your taxes are calculated on just 30% of your income, just on the 30,000. If you move in the south, I'm not talking about small villages in the middle of nowhere, okay? It could be even Bari, Palermo, or some big cities. You get 90% off, nine zero. Wow. Okay, so your taxable income is just... 10% for five years. And then I find it pretty tricky to explain to couples because when I when I say you have to choose between buying a property or having a kid, they, they look at me in a weird way, like, <laughs> don't tell me what I have to do. Okay, I respect that. But let's say in general, there are a couple of ways for you to get the extension to five years plus buying a property or having a kid or already having a kid mm. and you move to Italy. So from five to 10 years, let's do the math and see how much you can save. Okay. All right. So if and let to be like str very very clear about it, if I'm there for five years, I move to Palermo. Um, mm -hmm. I make a hundred thousand a year, but I've, I've decided I'm going to move to Palermo. Uh, I'm going to be taxed on the ten percent, meaning that the so my effectively my income as the government sees it is ten thousand, or they apply the progressive tax rate on the hundred thousand to the ten percent. 
you always apply the progressive rates on the net amounts. Okay. So on the on one tenth or in general. But let's let's float some numbers, okay? Yeah. If you move to Italy and you make one hundred thousand, I don't know if people can can see me right now, but I'm looking down because I'm taking notes. Like a nerd, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> you should pay something like I'm not talking about pension contributions, okay? I'm talking just about personal income taxes. You should pay around forty three to forty five thousand against the one hundred thousand. Right. If you move in the South and you're eligible for this benefit, or you want to be eligible for this benefit, because remember, it's an option, it's a choice you can make. It's 100% up to you. You pay around 3000 so you save 40000 per year. If you multiply that for five, for five years, it's around 200000 Decent savings. Uh, there's a lot you can do with 200000 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have a few suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, okay, and, then, and so if we, the, the pension thing adds a lot of, it depends to it because this depends a lot on your various country situations. But let's just say, um, let's take the two scenarios where one, okay. like uh, one, uh, if you're, you know, let's say you're coming from the US and you're continuing to pay your US contributions, your 14% um, for a freelancer to your social security. Then on top of so you would have your your three or four thousand in in Sicily that you would pay in income taxes plus yep. your fourteen percent that you would pay back to the U.S. and if you can exclude the pension situation in Italy because you're paying to the U.S. you would kind of combine those two numbers to come to around seventeen thousand for your total. Uh, yeah, but also we have to play with personal income taxes because mm. if you already paid something in the ten forty. Because you just mentioned the U.S., if you really file your taxes in the U.S., you really pay taxes in the U.S., you can offset personal income taxes paid there against the total bill to pay here. So I would say the total bill will be zero here in Italy because the taxes paid in the U.S. can overcover the tax bill here in Italy. Very interesting. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Okay, cool. And then if you can't, like let's say you end up having to pay into the pension fund. Uh, you, you stop paying in the U.S. or your home country, but you're going to have to pay into pension in, uh, in Italy. Then what does that look like? You know, rough, rough numbers. Okay, rough numbers. If you're lucky, you would pay something like 2500 in Italy because it's 28% of the 10000 with some, you know, deductions. Or worst case, you should pay the twenty eight grand. Because we apply the rate on the one hundred thousand, mm. and that's a question so, mark. Uh, yeah, that's a big question mark. And once again, details make the difference. Okay, yeah, that would be a big detail to to know. <laughs> I know a lot of people forget about it. They say, "Okay, tell me what my tax liability will look like." And then once the call is almost over, I come up with, "What about your social security?" And I say, "Oh, I forgot about it." Yeah. You know what I think a lot of us do and like non-tax people, because I, I, I fall into this category. I, I just get my tax bill. Like I don't separate out personal income, you know, social security. It's like, this is what the government makes me pay. <laughs> and, and, I, <laughs> I, and we don't know what the, the, even the broad buckets are. I mean, I had a conversation with someone recently who has been living abroad out of the US for 10 years and didn't know anything about the foreign earned income tax exclusion, didn't know about paying social security back to the US, didn't know she was supposed to keep paying 
her taxes in the U.S. this whole time. Like, like this was all just like mind blowing to her. Like, what? I didn't. I never learned about any of this stuff. I just moved abroad and just started living there and never thought about it again. Um, so I think a lot of us are like really, really uneducated on on these things, and uh, and we don't even think down to that level. Like, the t- separating out. It's just it's taxes. It's all one big bucket to us. Well, I suggest I don't know if it if it you know relevant to the topic, but I will suggest all the people that are listening right now to read a book. It's called The Compound Effect. Mm. If you start working on the future in the right way, even just one step a day, it will change everything twenty years from now. It's all about planning. If you take a look at the tax bill, if you try to understand at least one information a day, in one year you'll be able to understand where your taxes go and how to save your taxes. It's, it's unbelievably powerful, and I'm far from any expert, but I have dedicated some time to understanding this, and it's and it has. Like, I don't mind sharing. I mean, this year it saved me like that education led to a direct five figure savings, um, knowing to ask the right questions, knowing to move some things around in a completely, totally legal, like the, the, the information is there to help you. It's just about going out to get the information, applying it directly. Um, so yeah, I, it's <laughs> that, that compounding effect is is. I haven't read the book. I will, but that that compounding effect of just little bits of information um, is is extremely helpful. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I enjoy Netflix and, and Amazon Prime. Okay, <laughs> but when it when it deals with taxes, you know, I'm, I'm probably I change it my mindset once that I, I became a father and a husband. But you have to think that your future is part of what you're doing right now. Yeah, you must take 100% full responsibility of that, and taxes are part of that, but just part of that, not everything. Totally. Is so on on this idea of the the pension thing. That would be something for me if I was considering moving to Italy right now. I would think like, okay, I kind of need to know if I'm gonna have to pay the 28% into the pension fund or not. Like that's that's a giant number. Um, is there any way to figure that out before? pulling the trigger on making the move or is it like retrospective you you kind of get told later okay when you go to the doctor because you feel pain on your back do they do they come up with you have or you don't have to get a surgery right away or it takes a time for them to understand if it's the case same here let's say that a good symptom in a bad way okay in a good way is having a foreign pension account active so it means that it's 2023 nowadays. You have to make um, you have to show that you contributed the last, I would say, the last time in 20 in the second half of 2022. So if you have an active pension account, more likely you have a chance to ask for the exemption. I'm not mm. saying you will get it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Is that process painful? Is it like a like a particularly cumbersome one, or is it a you know a filing of the paper and you and you figure it out? If you know how to speak the bureaucracy language here in Italy, it's not painful at all. I'm talking about you. Like I, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> when I, when I move to Italy, I'm calling you and I'm like, Paolo, how do we do this? Uh, I really don't want to pay 28 percent into a pension fund that I that when I especially if I continue having to pay a 14% in the U S so help me. Um, is, are, are we looking at like months and years or days and weeks or what? 
uh, I know it probably depends. <laughs> well, it depends not just on the on the communication or the lack of the communication that you may incur with uh, with the Italian authorities. It all depends on the kind of information that you deliver. I'm going to give an example. Let's say that I think I suppose that you are eligible for the extension, okay, for the exemption, and you move forward pretending that they already know, they don't know. You have to move first. You have to be really upfront. You have to move towards them. So first step is getting in touch with them and be compliant with the requirements. So if you really know that you have to show an active pension account, don't just send a simple email. Attach everything ready to prove that you have the requirements. And then let's say set a deadline. Something like if you don't receive any feedback a couple of weeks from now, I feel entitled to move X, Y, and Z. Something like this. You have to try to anticipate the bureaucracy in Italy because it takes very, very long to get an official reply. Understood. Okay, great. Um, yeah, this is this is really helpful. I mean, I'm getting a very clear picture of, of what it can look like um, and uh, and understanding that, you know, there's there's gray areas and it's not always going to apply evenly to to everyone. Would you would you be willing to say generally speaking it goes one way or the other like if like let's use me as an example i've been paying into the social security system in the us for 20 years um and and so i have like a consistent track record i file my taxes there i can prove that you know there's x in that account um and i fit all the criteria otherwise and now i want to move to florence um and uh so i'm i'm settling there in florence and would you advise a client like probably this is going to work out for you where you can avoid this or actually probably not or literally it's a coin flip i have no idea well before give you an answer uh i will give an example let's say that here in italy you have the option you have the opportunity to ask officially for um let's say a reply from the salary agency or from the INPS the the pension account in order to get some confirmation about your idea okay let's say that you think you're eligible and you're asking for some confirmation it takes three months you get a reply you take a read and they say okay you're eligible some confirmation but if you go into details if you take a read about the last three sentences of each official reply that you may get they say this answer is based on information you provided. Mm. We keep for ourselves the right to shake you a little bit in the future if we have a feeling that we missed something or anything changed in your life. So the lesson here is it doesn't matter the kind of reply that you get. You have to prepare always for the worst case case study. Mm. Yeah. So back to your question, I would say 98% yes. But it's not about you know your past; it's about your future. Mm. Yeah. What what you do, what are you doing for a living? What kind of clients you're dealing with? Where the center of your life is? Uh, how you're gonna get paid through an Italian bank account, through a foreign bank account? How long are you planning to stay here? Do you have any Italian relatives? So, a lot of follow-up questions that can decide if you're gonna win or if you're gonna lose about this request. Makes sense. Um... And, and I get the impression, you know, from talking with you and, and some some others that uh, like like Portugal, we, we've joked about Portugal earlier because they've become kind of world famous for obviously wanting to attract foreigners to come and 
and invest in the economy and buy homes and you know the the prototypical person that we're talking about here that would take advantage of that and it's become the number one place in the world for for expats and nomads to move to for that reason and i i get the impression you know that's changing a little bit that's an interesting dynamic cuz portugal's softening on that a little bit or hardening <laughs> might be the better way to put it uh and but i but i get the impression that you know like people don't necessarily think of italy in that same vein but perhaps that's changing a little bit like it it seems like it with this rule for example italy is wanting to attract that same type of person um and do do you agree that they're they're actually like craving that a little bit or is there some ulterior motive here that i'm not really seeing Oh, I would say that they are playing at the same table, but Portugal is playing unfair with rules and with marketing in general. Mm. I'm going to go into details with your permission. <laughs> yeah, however you uh, want to take Let's it. say that our economy, like every country's economy, is based on financial stuff. So it's based on how much you can get, how much you can save, and how little you're going to spend, like any business. And of course, foreigners and taxpayers in general are the core of the of the revenues for a country 90 percent off is is a no-brainer okay you cannot beat that because it's based it potentially could be based on the worldwide income you may incur not just on the italian source of income so it could be applied on you know employment income as and also as a freelancer so if you want to start a business that could boost your business at the beginning because you would pay taxes just on 110 also if you start a business here in italy there is an alternative tax that goes by the name of flat 5%. So you pay 5% just on your gross for the first five years. No one can beat that. Wow. <laughs> At the same time, there is something that Italy keeps talking about. I don't know if it's good or bad for you know the marketing campaign, but they keep on saying that the Italian bureaucracy is like a maze. Once you're in, you cannot get out of that. Yeah. Also, rules keep on changing. Yes. That's for sure. But once you're on the boat, no one can kick you out. You can enjoy the benefit as long as it was meant to be. I want to give some, you know, insurance or, oh yeah, I can say that insurance against picking the wrong decision about moving to Portugal or Italy or any tax haven in general. The biggest problem doesn't come from the new country that you move into. It comes when the old country that you left is claiming some taxes for your income. Because there is, uh, nowadays, you can take a look, okay? I don't want to spoil anything. Probably I'm getting too complicated and too annoying about that. There are the so-called common reporting standards. What does it mean uh, for the people that are in US? It's more or less the FATCA obligations. Let's say that every December 31st, when you're almost drunk, okay? When you're younger, of course, I'm getting old. When you're almost <laughs> young and you're popping the cork with your friends, with your relatives, whoever. These countries, I'm talking about more than 200 countries, share personal information about taxpayers from all over the world. Mm -hmm. They really know how much you have. They really know how much you're making. So what happens if you move to Portugal? Okay, I'm not saying Italy because I party for Italy. You move to Portugal and after five years, you get a letter from the whole country that you moved from. What does happen? <laughs> What you oh I mean that that's the thing though I mean especially I'm speaking you know specifically about the U.S. and sorry for everyone else from <laughs> around the world that that doesn't apply to but I think you know uh, it, it does like that this is just an example that can apply from anywhere I mean they will come calling and say you've owed 
taxes here the whole time and you and you didn't file at the minimum you had to file and share that information yeah so the missing piece like everywhere not just in italy portugal is okay let's say that portugal is you know there to promise me a five percent flat tax forever but what if i read that rule through the lens of the tax agreement what happens with and for the u.s citizens what happens if and for the italian citizens there are always complications there are always side effects that depends on your fiscal situation so you have to collect information both sides not just to the destinations one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is this is phenomenal. I'm learning so much. Uh, that the compounding effect is is multiplying <laughs> quickly. Uh, I, w- I wanted to return to something you said earlier, which I I already knew the answer to. So I kind of I might have skipped past it without uh, allowing us to elaborate for anybody who who wasn't. So what, you talked about that extension. So let's let's pretend in our scenario so far we've. We've moved past, uh, you know, the application, and we're we've now been living in Italy for five years, um, which is how long this this uh, um, what do we call it? Do we call it a, a rule or exemption or what word? Let's do you call use? it benefit. Benefit. That's better. Um, so we've had this benefit for five years, but that's the it, it expires. Um, but there's the opportunity to extend it up to another five years. So. Um, you mentioned the baby in the house. Uh, let's let's elaborate on that a little bit. Well, they give you the opportunity to get the extension, but once again, it's a give and get. They give you the opportunity, but then they want some commitment from you. So you have to stay here for five years plus. And you have to get you know someone with you, like a baby, or you can have a baby once you're here, or you can buy a property. Either way, there is something that I would like to put very clear for all the listeners. You don't have to file anything prior. Mm. Okay, there is no exam that you have to pass. There is no paperwork to file. You get the confirmation of the benefit. You get the confirmation of the fact that you get the extension just by filing your taxes the following year. Mm. That's good to know. relax and take your time. (laughs) So you could, in theory, for example, you could get to your five years and be like, okay, I've been here for exactly five years. During this sixth year, I'm either we're having a baby or we're buying a house. <laughs> and if I do one of those yeah, two take things, your time. You can play with time a lot. I know a lot of people are concerned about the 103 days rule. That's probably one one of the most common mistakes that a lot of people do. But you know, time is on your side. Mm. Can you can you elaborate on that for anybody that might not know what you're what you mean by the 183 days rule? Okay, every country has its own regulation, its own assumption to claim you as a tax resident or not. Let's put it down in a romantic way. After a few dates, the girlfriend is telling you that you are made to live for life together. That's a huge commitment, isn't it? It happens, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it happens. It happened to me before. Uh, What happens is you have to be 100% sure that that's the choice that you truly want to make. So they make assumptions. Listen carefully. This is the word. If you take a a deep dive about the articles of of each tax treaty, of each tax code of every country, they'd say one individual is considered. Why do you use that that information? Because if you spend, let's say Italy, okay, for example, if you spend more than 103 days in our country, you're considered a tax resident or 
shifting to the eyes of the Italian Rabbit Agency, they consider you as a tax resident. Mm. It's an assumption. Why I keep using this word assumption? Because you can prove otherwise. And the right to prove otherwise is not taken from you know some articles or some from guys peeking around thinking like they have the magic power. It's taken from the tax agreement between those 200 countries. Remember, we discussed about that. And on Article 4.2 of the tax agreement that they signed decades ago, I was a kid when they signed it, they say that regardless the local regulation, so it could be 183 days, it could be 100 days, what really matters is the center of your life, the center of your interest. Remember that, guys. That Mm. could change everything for your tax planning. It absolutely can. That's a really, really good point. I think a lot of us are caught up on the, like if you're if you're doing the math, if you're hearing about this for the first time, 183 days is essentially right over half the year. So it's the, the general rule there is if you're in a country for more than half the year, then that becomes your tax residency. In, in reality, as, as, you know, someone may be able to hold you to that, but in reality, what they really want to know is like, where's the center of your life? Um, it's presumed that if you're somewhere for more than six months out of the year, then that that is uh, where the center of your life is. And in fact, some visas will require you to be in a place for 183 days. Like, we'll give you this visa, but you have to make this the center of your life. <laughs> this is the trade-off uh, that that they're they're giving you, and then therefore you become, you know, uh, a tax resident of that place. Uh, but as Paulo's correctly pointing out like what they really want to know is like where's where does your life live and and if where where that life lives you should be paying taxes um and uh and so i don't know if a tax professional would say there's some gray area there or not that might be incorrect to to put out into the airwaves but um but in practice i've you know that's that's what i've witnessed a little bit as well there's not somebody like counting your 183 days and on the 80 183rd day they hit you with a tax bill <laughs> It never happens, but it may happen for you to become a celebrity. Like, I don't know if a lot of of you already read something about Shakira's tax trial, owning something like $16 million to the Spanish Revenue Agency. Let's say it may happen for you to have the center of your life in place A and then consider tax resident place B. Mm, Yeah. That's when you have to hire someone good to take care about your case study. Great to know. That's a, that's a wonderful point. Uh, and the Shakira thing is really interesting. Living in Spain, I found that uh, pretty, pretty interesting and timely. Um, okay, last last question or last clarifying point. So we get to ten years. Uh, we've we've extended this thing out as long as we can go, and now it's I'm a, I'm in my tenth year. And uh, but I really am loving my life in Italy. I've established myself there, and I plan to stay. Um, does does a, a switch flip, and I suddenly? Uh, jump up into the into the sixty percent with with the uh, with the rest of the population. <laughs> I would ask you twice. Are you sure you want to stay? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the answer to your question might have some uh, bearing on that. <laughs> I would say that tax wise, Italy would be the worst choice ever within mm-hmm. the European Union because the tax pressure is insane. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I assumed. And I think that's why this conversation is so interesting, because that is the stereotype. Uh, you know, for people, if you just don't know any better, 
you would think, oh my God, Italy's amazing to visit. I wish I could live there, but the bureaucracy and the high taxes make it very challenging. Um, and a lot of people just say, well, that's fine, but it's an amazing place to live. Uh, uh, you know, one of the most famous places in the world to visit. And why would I not want to make that the center of my universe? Um, and and so you you skip past that and you say, okay, I'll, I'm willing to deal with those things. Um, but it's, that's, that's good to know, like, you know, get your 10 years and then, uh, you, you might have to start dealing with some of those challenges on the plus side. You got to deal with, uh, you got, you got 10 years of, uh, 10 to 30%. And that was pretty good. <laughs> Let's say that, um, you know, back to dating, I think that after 10 years of dating, you may have a clear idea if this girl is meant to be your wife or not. Do you agree with me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's sufficient time. It's almost how much time I took, uh, to before, uh, before proposing and getting married. So, you know, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm in line with that. <laughs> um, that's great. Okay. This is, this is super helpful. Do you feel like I missed anything? Are there any glaring questions that like I, I haven't asked or that would be good to shed some more light on? Well, I would like to put it down like a marketing campaign. I will give you one good reason to leave and one good reason to stay. How's it sound to you? Excellent. <laughs> one good reason for living. Well, here in Italy, we have the so hated well tax. Basically, you pay taxes on everything you have abroad. And by the way, it's a fixed percentage. So, you know, despite what other people say, you have to pay twice as much. Hmm. Period. It's pretty unfair. You pay 26% on dividends. You pay 0.2% on investments account. You pay 0.76% on real estate. But in this case, you can offset property taxes paid elsewhere. I heard that U.S. property taxes are impressive. So more like you don't have to pay the difference. But in general, the worldwide principle can kill you. And is this, would you, is this, something to be concerned with while you're taking advantage of this benefit we've discussed today or this comes after well it comes within with the same planning because if you have some assets i'm not talking about uh, for those who come from the us i'm talking about for example ira or the 401k retirement accounts they are considered tax free okay don't okay. worry okay retirement accounts in general here in italy are not taxable but you have to play with all kinds of taxes, not just personal taxes, but also financial taxes and property taxes. Because when you work on your you know, cash flow as a family member or as an individual, you have to understand what your net is because the net is what you're going to base your Italian life on. Mm. So let's say, for example, a lot of people I know, they own a rental property back home that used to be their home. They're lived abroad. They're moving abroad now. And so they're renting out their home back home. Um, okay. How does, so there's two different things, I guess you've got, you've got property and then you've got income, additional income tax, um, from that, uh, from that asset. So how would you view that? I would love that. <laughs> you like this? I'm yeah, I like this. I'm telling you the reason why, of course, I'm not insane. Uh, because first of all, you can offset all the property taxes paid elsewhere. Okay. And I have a good feeling that most of the cases that we, the property taxes elsewhere or overseas in this case can overcover the property taxes to pay here in Italy. And by the way, regarding the income tax on the rental income, 
We have to take a look about the tax basis. I'm getting a little bit technical. I hope it's on mind. When we read numbers, foreign numbers, we have to translate those numbers into Italian numbers because we have to apply the Italian tax agreement. What might be taxable in the US could be tax-free here in Italy. And otherwise, something that is considered tax-free in the US could be taxable here in Italy. What happens is very often the taxable income in the US is the same of your Italian ones. So in other words, you can offset, let's say, condo fees, energy efficiency, cost, um, bills, energy bills. So whatever is able to reduce the tax basis in the US can be also used in Italy. If you already paid income taxes there, you know what happens, more likely you don't have to pay a thing here. Mm. That's the best scenario ever. And I think perhaps even better, correct me if I'm wrong, but like if you're, you know, let's say we go back to Palermo in Sicily and you're paying 10% on your income. So only 10% of your total income is taxable. Um, if that is part of your income, then. Yeah. Uh, on your personal income, not a rental income. Not on rental income. Okay. So this is, we separate these. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I keep on saying it depends. It depends. On the kind yeah. of income. <laughs> <laughs> A caveat to this entire conversation, it depends. Um, yeah. Fantastic. One reason to stay, a very simple one. Of course, the, you know, everyone knows Italy. The reason for is, you know, food, weather, people, whatever. Adds on mind. Let's play with taxes. Here, if you're a brand new taxpayer, it's plenty of alternatives. That's the key word. There is no straightforward answer. There is no one-fits-all plan. You can play with numbers. You can play with different tax regimes. If you are a business owner, you can opt for a couple of tax regimes. Mm-hmm. And when you have options, guess what happens? You have the right. You have the, If you have the knowledge, you can pick the best for you. Being empowered with the knowledge is uh, is a key if there that uh, we want to preach to everyone. If you're considering moving abroad or spending significant time um, in any country outside of your home country, please, please, please take the the time to educate yourself on this beforehand, uh, or at least during the initial stages of that. Um, don't wait until you're years in and uh, and try to figure it out then. It's a it's important. It doesn't have to be the main thing. Like I've I've had some conversations with people where they say, you know. Um, I don't want to base where I live on, you know, just on taxes or trying to save money. And, and I would agree, like, that's not what this is all about. But there's a spectrum of decisions you have to make when you're going to any place, um, when you're taking any job, when you're making any major decision in life, and it pays to be informed. And this is this is the reality. They say, you know, death and taxes are your uh, are your are your two uh, guarantees in life. So uh, it's it's absolutely something worth discussing. And um, I, I I learned a ton from this, Paulo. Like I I thought I knew a little bit already, but I really didn't. This, this was really really helpful for me, and I'm assuming for everybody listening as well. So yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. And if I can share something valuable to you, I was reading a book a few years ago before meeting with my wife, and it was the decisions book. So basically someone telling you what is the best way to make decisions. And after that, I realized what my mission could be like. And this is why I call myself a creative numbers man. Mm. So my mission now as a CEO, as an educator, because also we teach experts, is to teach people how to make a living, as you just said, balancing money and happiness. And every choice is unique. 
it's a beautiful way to to approach these things. It doesn't have to be just about the the line items in the balance sheet. And um, but there's a there's a reason for all of that. This is a means to an end, uh, and it's a, and it's about living a sweeter life. And I think that's what a lot of people that the type of people that listen to this show, um, the type of people I encounter who are making these moves, they're they're seeking a better balance in all forms of life, however they define that. It's different for everyone. Um, and, and so I really like that approach that you guys are taking. And, um, you know, if I, I also want to give you the chance now to, uh, you know, list any links, any places where people can come to find out more, I'll place all those in the show notes as well. So people can access you quickly. Um, but they may want to get in touch, just ask more questions or, or learn more. So that would be great. Well, I'm usually the one making questions. I don't mind for a little bit. They can just Google it, Studio Rigo. It's the name of the tax firm. Or just go on YouTube and do the same, Studio Rigo. You will find out what happens. I can tell you I follow you on social media and you guys put out some uh, some very useful content uh, there as well. So you'll you'll get all the access to the whatever your social media platforms are of choice. There's, um, there's a lot uh, there as well. So definitely would, uh, would recommend... Uh, from that standpoint. Um, Paolo, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, and I've learned a ton and just enjoyed chatting with you next time. We'll, we'll just talk about all the greatness that, that Italy is, and we'll, we'll set numbers to the side for, for just a little bit, but this was awesome for this, uh, for this conversation. It's been my pleasure. Thank you again. Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. For those of you wondering how you can best support the show, I have made it super simple for you. Just go over to the show notes of the episode that you just finished listening to and click on one of the two following links. Aboutabroad.com slash newsletter to get our monthly newsletter. No spam, guaranteed. Or ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, where you can quickly and easily leave a review for the show. It's not just important to me. It also helps more wanderers just like you find us. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And we will see you again next week. Thanks again. Hasta luego, amigos.